0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor H.A. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter, and right now, book by book, as we say goodbye in 2020, these uh, last couple of weeks here, and we're looking at these books of the Bible that we haven't had a chance to look at together Uh Though, I, I will say again, uh, as we say goodbye, don't worry. KFUO will keep the content coming in this time slot, as well as many others. Also, you should check out Sharper Iron with Timothy Apple. Really good stuff they're doing over there. But what we're doing the next couple of weeks, you really want to stick around for here with Thy Strong Word. Today, we're looking at Jonah, chapter three and four. So yeah, uh, yeah, guilty. I am sneaking in two chapters today. Uh, but, you know, it makes a lot of sense. They're short chapters um, and well, actually it's kind of crazy cause it's actually half the book when you, <laughs> cause it's only four chapters long. But yesterday we looked at Ruth, just these little gems of books, small in size, but not in content, uh, nor in characters, Jonah, the prophet who was angry that God actually forgave someone. Let's we'll talk about that today. Joining us, we've got as our guest, Pastor Curtis Deirding, pastor at Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Good morning, brother. Good to have you back. How are you doing?
1: No, it's good to be here today. Yeah, I mean, we, had our, we had our coldest uh, day of the year yesterday. We got down pretty pretty cold. Uh, the cold front came down, and, and uh, so we're just trying to stay warm for these two days. It's starting to warm back yeah. up already today, so we're, we're excited about that.
0: Yeah, I know it's it's pretty brutal there in Florida. It gets down to the fifties. You guys just have to start burning like newspaper and stuff to yeah. survive, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> crazy. Well, we had to, I, I had to wear gloves, put on a coat. I mean, I was just, yeah.
0: Damn no, it's it's, bad. it's really silly out here in Southern California too. It's like you know it gets down into like I don't I mean like yeah seriously it's like the low fifties and people like go out with like parkas and you're like. but they look like people
1: from Minnesota in the winter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Good, good good to have you back and to be looking at uh, Jonah and um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think Jonah is just so intriguing and it's, uh, you know, it's one of those stories again, where I I think, I I think lots of people have heard of it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, the big fish or the whale and you get swallowed and yeah, you know, uh, but it's like, well, well, don't shortchange the story, though. There's there's really something pretty yeah. deep going on here.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's describing our relationship, really, with our God, and we get to see it through the example of the Ninevites. So, uh, you yeah, know, it, it is very deep. It's deep in what's going on, not only in that relationship, but the relationship of Jonah and God and Jonah and these people. So, I mean, there's a there's a triad really going on here, and it's interesting to see all the different things that are taking place in each of those relationships.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I think, yeah, what you were just saying about the relationship between God and Jonah, I mean, this it, it is, I think, unique among the prophets yeah. in that it, it, it's a prophet that—the the book is principally about the prophet's relationship with God, whereas most of the other prophets, you know, like you talk about, like, you know, like, I don't know, Obadiah or something like this, it's going to be, like, you know, the, the prophecy, the oracles, right, that— uh, uh, about the cities but here you know you, you get kind of like a one sentence summary of the prophecy that Nineveh gets <laughs> and it's and it's really right. about Jonah himself so i mean it, it's mm-hmm. it's really a uh, it, it, it's unlike any other i think
1: well it's got it's got kind of a pauline feel to it you know every once in a while paul would do the same thing in his writings even though he's not a prophet he was an apostle but still i mean there were there were moments when paul would share about himself and some of the things that he had been going through or or what he was feeling inside anyway. Um so yeah, it's got it, it is unique though to the Old Testament, that's for sure because uh, you don't you don't get this very very often and um maybe a little bit in the book of, you know, Job, you, you when you think when you think of that book, uh, you know, you can see and hear uh, about his life there, but yeah, this is uh, this is pretty, this is very unique cuz he's actually <laughs> explaining exactly what happened and and what's really interesting is that um, he's being, you can, you can bet he's being truthful and honest, totally in this because one, it's, it's inspired by the Holy spirit, of course, but at the same time, um, there's nothing left out about how he was feeling about the situation.
0: Well, yeah. And, and it is just the way that it gets to, um, you know, like, like his emotions about the whole thing is also right, not necessarily y- unique, but, but, uh, well, I mean, it, it's kind of peculiar. Like you don't really have that much kind of like inner, life focus that, that often in, in these uh in these narratives. So that's yeah, that's another interesting right. aspect what we'll to take a look at. So so yeah, a lot a lot of good stuff for us to be discussing today. Uh as we get rolling here, brother, would you open this up with a prayer?
1: I sure will. Oh dear Lord, there are times in our lives when uh we know what your will is for us. We know what you would have us do. We know right from wrong, but yet we still run. We run to do our own thing, to live our own life uh, apart from what you would have us do, what you would have and the direction that you would give us to take in life. We pray that uh, we would learn again this day uh, what repentance means for us, what what kind of joy that, uh, that that offers in our relationship with you. And as we are in this Advent season, we surely anticipate Uh, the coming of of your love and your grace to us through your word and sacrament as we uh, look back on the first coming of Jesus. But at the same time, we look uh, forward uh, with great joy in our heart as well, knowing that through repentance, through uh, your promise of forgiveness, that salvation and life everlasting is there in the future. May that be our joy as we approach your word again this day. And as we study together all that you give to us through the power of your Spirit, in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, and I appreciate in the prayer, Brother, you're bringing out the, I mean, I mean, just the aspect of repentance that you see in here, and how, I guess it's really easy to read this chapter as, you know, well, you know, if I were Jonah, you know, if I had God, you know, speaking to me, like, and try to run away from god that's just silly you know I, I, and and i think that we just and it's like when we say that and we just condemn ourselves right away yep. i i mean because mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't say in the first two chapters that god like i don't know wrote a message in the sky or that like you know he his voice like you know was in like thunder and lightning it just it just says he told them to right and like how he tells them to True. is is unclear but i mean i i think wouldn't you agree uh, God tells us to do things still today um, and we run away from them. I mean, like it's, it's not as if Jonah's is like the, the crazy person any more than, than we're the crazy person.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, cause we're, we do the same thing just in a different, in a different way. Um, I mean, God's not coming and talking to us uh, verbally, you know, with, with a command that we must do a specific uh, task for him uh, uh, as great as the one that Jonah was supposed to be doing, and but yet at the same time, God is talking to us. He talks to us through His Word. He does command us, and He does ask us uh, to live our lives uh, in certain ways, and we defy Him and turn away from Him and, and uh, run away, literally, uh, knowing better. And uh, Jonah knew better, too. <laughs> and well, uh, we, we of course, you guys probably covered some of that in the, in the in the story about when he got thrown off the boat. So,
0: well, so actually, we 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 didn't because we are just going book by book right now, and we're just doing a highlight yeah. chapter. So maybe if you could briefly just speak to that, um, like not not we don't have to go into like all the detail here, but but just kind of briefly sketch out maybe chapters one and two, so we know what we're getting into here.
1: Yeah, I just you know, I mean, the the fact that you know. Jonah receives this command from God to go and uh and and let the city know that um they have been evil and that they uh they God is threatening to destroy them because of their evil and um and so you know he's like excuse me I don't want I don't want to get that kind of message to anybody and so he runs off and uh, tries to get away by going across the uh across the sea there and while they're on there of course we know that the storm comes and uh he knows it's his fault and uh he kind of kindly kindly fesses up and they end up uh throwing him throwing him overboard and uh he gets swallowed up and this fish uh this large fish swallows him and swallows him in such a way that he stay, that he remains alive uh for three days and nights and then um you know while he's in there in that fish uh, he has plenty of time to pray, and uh, <laughs> so we get a little piece of that in uh, in chapter two. That's what chapter two is all about. And he's asking God to 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 really save his life, to keep him uh, safe. And uh, he vows, you know, that he will do whatever that he can, you know, to make sure that he follows God. And then and then we come to chapter three, of course. So so really, he's gone through already in his relationship with God. What um, you know, he should have. You'd think that he'd have some insight on, on how, uh, on what's going on between the Ninevites and God, uh, but it's uh, it's quite different. Uh, we 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 really get a surprise from Jonah. Uh, it's as though he didn't really learn anything from his experience.
0: That's interesting. Will, and we have to we'll have to ask. You know, so why why would he be so reluctant to to go to Nineveh? Um, yeah, because I, I think that you know, uh, we we aren't you know, we hear Nineveh, and I, I feel like probably most of us are just thinking like that sounds like the name of the city that was in Jonah, right? I mean, I mean like then that's like we don't have any other context for it. Um, but thinking about it as the, the you know the ancient uh, this this ancient prominent city uh, that was and in, in I mean really for centuries um, just like the center of of that part of the world. Um, the capital for a good chunk of time of the Assyrian empire, you got to think about the Assyrians and who they are, especially from a Hebrew right. perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. No, uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, bad guys, <laughs> uh, really right. bad guys, uh, you know, for, for some important reasons. So yeah, it's, it, it, well, anyways, we'll, we'll have to take a look at some of those things, but let's just go ahead and we'll just, we'll read these two chapters here. Um and like I said, they are short chapters, so um, it, it's actually one of these neat little books that it wouldn't be even too crazy just to read the whole thing, but um, except for that, we just—it'd it, be too many questions and things to look at. But So here we are, chapters 3 and 4, and because I can't help myself, I'll read the last the cha- last verse of chapter 2. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying— from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and satin ashes. And he issued a proclamation and and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them Call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that's in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made himself a booth there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now, the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came upon the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons, who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? I I think that, you know, reading through it there at the end also... I'm reminded that Jonah is sort of uh, famous, even in just kind of broader literary circles, just for the way that it ends on a question, um, wh- wh- which is which is also not super common in the Bible. In fact, I'm, I'm now that I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking to myself, is it the only book of the Bible that ends on a question? It might be. Um, uh, it's, it's just it's just very interesting, right? The way that it, it it's just provocative like that. It um it kind of it kind of does in some ways remind you of uh of uh well yeah i, I guess i'd say so I, I think it kind of reminds me of job um because i mean the, the way that you have the kind of like you know what things are so bad i'd rather just die um and that you know why does god do this right like wh- why is it right that god should do this I mean like there is that kind of like theodicy angle to it, and so John does kind of end up feeling a little bit like wisdom literature um in, in that regard. Um I, I don't know. I mean there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fascinating elements to this, right?
1: Yeah. I yeah, I was thinking I was thinking of Elijah. Elijah got to that point. Remember when well, he yeah. he seen all kinds of great things and then here he is sitting and pouting under a broom tree going, I don't you know, I I'd just rather died this <laughs> like yeah there's a lot of similarity between Elijah and, and Jonah here as I as I'm thinking about it you know i was like wow um it definitely is i i you know, sometimes when i look at this i'm like and i'm and i'm i'm just this is just me uh just interjecting here this is yeah. not historical or anything i'm i'm thinking was his life taken at that point? Because he didn't finish the book. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: I don't know. Maybe he got his wish.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, I, I yeah. had always, you know, I was always wondered why did you end that way? I mean, I, I get yeah. it if it's supposed to be introspective. I, you know, that's sure. wonderful. But it is a strange spot. But I, but, but because, and and you know, you made the point at the beginning of this that you know, here's a prophet that's writing about himself. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder if he got to this point where um, he still struggled with it. You know, he was struggling with it even to the end, and and was asking that question, and God's even asking him. You know, are you really, are you really going to go there after what I've done for you? You're going to now look at the situation as though you're me.
0: Yeah, it, it it is interesting, the way that it ends. And, and, and like you were saying, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's deliberately, you know, like you were saying, introspective. Like by ending on a question, it invites you into Jonah's situation, right? And you're asking yourself, okay, so what would I have done, right? Um, right, yeah. but, but But I think what's interesting, too, is that in terms of like you were saying in terms of you know so you're Jonah right you're the prophet and and this is how you're going to like frame this right and and you know so why don't you then at the end of the story say well and and then i was like yeah god i'm sorry i was i that was that was me being petty and small you you are right and and then you know happy ending or something right like why would you not do it like yeah. that um and it seems to me that the reason would be—I mean, at least just, you know, I mean, and I think that you can relate, too, just like as preachers, this is the sort of story we would tell and the sort of way we'd tell it when we're not actually prophesying to the Ninevites, but to the Israelites, right? right? Like, when when the actual condemnation and call to repentance isn't isn't really for Nineveh, but it's for the Israelites who are harboring— all kinds of resentment and bitterness and grudges and anger against them. And so you 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 hang it right there because this is where you're trying to get them to the point of repentance, right? Because if you if you end the story on well and then I repented and saw the light and I realized that you know I'd been so small-minded, right? Um it it actually kind of like pushes away your audience then. So they're saying like, "Oh. So I guess you're so enlightened then, are you?" You know, like, you know, you, you saw the light and you mm-hmm. figured it out, you're woke, all right, and, and we're and we're dumb. Is that what you're trying to say, right? Like like I, I think that by ending it like this, I mean this this is kinda like, you know, how how Nathan uh you know confronts David, right? It's like you, you kinda leave it yeah. there and, and you're 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 letting the people who you're trying to call to repentance, you're letting them pronounce the verdict. You're letting them come to the conclusion. I mean, it's an invitation for them to, like, lay down their own weapons freely, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, know, that's interesting. I was listening as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, how many of us admit that we have um, a self-righteous side to ourselves? How many of us actually admit that we have a hypocritical side to our nature, our sinful nature that's in us, I mean, we don't go around bragging about anything like that. In fact, we pray to ourselves more often though, oh, I'm, I'm not like that, you know, I, right. I wouldn't be. Yeah. And, and I, you know, if you look at this, and if you can humble yourself enough to actually read this with your hypocritical and your your self-righteous self, and we all have it. Right? Yeah. And if you're denying it, I'm telling you, then you're not in the Word, because we are yeah. exposed. And we are all Jonah, in a sense, yeah. and so if we can read it in that mindset of our own hypocrisy, of our own self-righteousness and 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 walk through this book, i it speaks loudly to us, and and, and if we're really going to be honest and let the truth you know set us free, um, we would definitely uh, get a lot out of this, especially in that part of our nature.
0: Yeah, and and I think you know it's really uh, it's really funny because this is just uh, it's hitting me. So I I was preaching on Sunday, and I did not look at Jonah, and I don't think I was thinking about Jonah. In fact, I was I was preaching on Mark chapter thirteen, but um, in in the course of of the sermon, I I actually used a personal story, and the story that I told was one where I figured out that, that I was in the wrong. And I was actually, it's, it's really kind of weird, actually, the similarities when I think about it now in hindsight, but I told a story where I got really mad um, at somebody and I was like ready to like, you know, the kind of that anger where you're like, oh man, if that guy tries that again, you know, watch out. And um, and in the end, I, I came to the sad realization that this, that this man that I was so angry with, Right. Who I was like, just ready to like, you know, say like this guy needs to be punished and sent to jail or whatever, figure out yeah. like the poor man is like going through, um, uh, well not, not so early dementia at this point. And, uh, and that's what's going on. He doesn't even, he's not even aware of what he's doing. And when that mm-hmm. hit me, I was just like, oh man, I can't, you know, I can't believe it. I was so quick to rush to judgment. I was and, and like, and I kind of like left it there though, right? I, di- I didn't, you know, I, I didn't like go further in the story and, and, and say like, okay, so what I did next and like how I repented in this. um, And and I think it's just because kind of like intuitively, I think we get it. It's like, you kind of, you kind of bring in the story up to this moment where you're confronted, right? Because like you're saying, the, the mm-hmm. point is, is humility. You, you, I mean, a, a humble spirit says, okay, look, guys, I'm in the same boat as you, right? Like you're you're angry, you're bitter, you're ready to rush to judgment. I've been there too, right? And the, and the humble spirit comes alongside and says, "I get it," um, and and just like allows for then God to to go from there, right? But I mean, it, it's hard it's hard to do that. Um, to your to your point, um, want to come like a little bit back to this when we get back. But it's time for our break, everybody. We're looking at Jonah chapters three and four here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. Bye. Uh-huh.
2: Thursday on Issues Etc., we'll continue our series Answering Arguments Against Christianity. We'll have Christian apologist Dr. John Warwick Montgomery respond to the objection Jesus didn't physically rise from the dead. And we'll talk with Pastor David Peterson about prayer and meditation.
0: Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO.
2: When communism fell in the former Soviet Union, it was an exciting time to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people who had long been denied the faith. This is Reverend Robert Ron, founder of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. It's been 25 years since LHF began translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith for the people of Russia. With your help, LHF continues our work of introducing new believers to the Savior in nearly 90 countries. Visit lhfmissions.org to learn more.
1: During the pre Christmas Advent season, a mood prevails in many human spirits. It says both, now is the time, and not yet. The church's music of Advent knows that paradoxical mood and sings while it waits. Music for waiting, hopefully, on the next Sing for Joy. Sundays at noon on KFUO.
0: To think that they should be punished. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Jonah chapters 3 and 4 today. Joined by our guest, Pastor Curtis Dieterding, pastor at Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. If you've got a question for me or Pastor Myers—I'm sorry, Pastor Myers— Different pastor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pastor Myers in Fort Diederting. Yeah, uh, There you go.
1: There, me, you.
0: there you go. There you go. For For me or <laughs> Pastor Dieterding give us a call, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org, or hop on the live stream, facebook.com slash Espinosa. Uh, got some some uh, good good questions and comments here. Uh, one of the comments that just made me laugh: Jonah is hoping to tell God that he can't help anymore because other prophets are closer to Nineveh. This is a sneaky strategy my six-year-old uses when I want him to pick up and he runs away and tells me I'm closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some there's something to that, right? He's like, well, you know. Like I've I've got some vacation time stored up, right? So, like, yeah, you know, someone else can do this, right? Like, <laughs> um, but but well, I, I guess uh, you know, So so the, the other questions and comments here, just kind of thinking about um Assyria and thinking, you know, it, does Jonah perhaps have reason to be angry? Personal reasons to be angry with the Assyrians? Um, you know, has he suffered a, a wrong at the hands of the Assyrians? You know, this is uh. Yeah, an interesting, an interesting question, right? You don't hear anything about Jonah's family, so hmm. hmm. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good
1: yeah, points. You know,
2: good
1: I mean, points. It, yeah, well, yeah, it's a good, it's a good possibility. I mean, they were, you know, they were a brutal, the um, cruel uh, city. I mean, they were, they were, they were evil. I mean, this this was an evil city, just as, as Jonah points out. And uh, of course, that would be completely against everything that. Uh, the people of God would be about, you know, as far as wanting to follow the Lord and, and, and uh, be blessed by Him, uh, they uh, just took it upon themselves to live life any way they wanted to. And that—so that. that so this is a major turnaround, this is a major overturn uh, of, a, of a city uh, that uh, was affected by that Word of God.
0: Well, and, and actually, you know, as, as you were just saying that, I was thinking about um, actually another prophet, which we're going to— um, uh, have a chance to look at here. Um, and uh, when when is this it? I think well, it'll be it'll be next week, I, I believe. Um, but Habakkuk, another little like short profit. Uh, but before I read that little bit, that I was just reminded of um, don't want to neglect. Thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your ongoing support of thy strong word their website lhfmissions.org check it out they've always got i mean it's actually very appropriate we're talking about you know a uh, a missionary here right missionary prophet and uh, they support all kinds of work all over the world uh, for the sake of the gospel so lhfmissions.org uh but yeah so the thing that i was i was uh, remembering uh was was in habakkuk you've um I I mean it, it's it's very interesting like Habakkuk's complaint is very much um I mean it's it's very much like Jonah here um and, and so like I mean just like a little a little bit here right um so so in in Habakkuk chapter 1 you you have God uh a- answering the, this uh this complaint it, like it starts off with that it kind of also kind of in some ways feels like wisdom literature again you know so Habakkuk's complaining um, and he's saying, "Hey, wh- when are you going to do something about this? Why do you make me see iniquity? Why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. strife and contention arise. The law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. The wicked surround the righteous. Uh, justice goes forth perverted. And so and so God says, well now hang on a second. I- I'm not going to let this slide." I'm going to do something about it. And he says in chapter one, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation. Um, and he goes and describes how, how terribly mm-hmm. nasty they are. Right. And so, Hey, I'm, I'm going right. to do something about it. And then, you know, what's Habakkuk say? Um, okay. So <laughs> if you're going to do that, <laughs> now would be a good time, <laughs> you know I mean? And that's, and so without right. going into like all of it, like in chapter two, he's like, okay, like our, I mean, at this rate, uh, if you're going to wait that long to bring the the Babylonians the the Chaldeans to do this, I mean, the Assyrians are just going to keep doing this forever. And so uh, you actually have yeah another prophet complaining about the Assyrians, and it's and I think we just got to stop back and appreciate that empire, the Assyrian Empire. Right. I mean that that was that. I mean we're talking about millennia. I mean that they they were a force that just I mean they, they seemed like the invincible bad guy. Um. Yeah, the Babylonians finally dislodged them, but like that was kind of mm-hmm. like a blip, uh, a blip on the radar. I mean, like the, the Assyrians were just generation after generation after generation. It seemed like they were the bad guys that God was never going to punish.
1: Yeah, and it just kind of like letting them go and doing their thing, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I mean they they had this they had this attitude, uh, the Israelites, and I'm sure, you know, we can definitely see it in Jonah you know, against these people. They're deserving of destruction. I don't want to see them freed. Uh, you know, they're, what, are they trying to pull the wool over the Lord's eyes here by claiming they're repenting?
0: You know, yeah, well, yeah, no. be
1: destroyed for everything yep. they've done.
0: That, that's, that's, that's an excellent point, right? I mean, I, I mean <laughs> after, after that many, like, centuries, right, of just, you right. know, like you were saying, just bloodshed uh, and barbarism, right, they're, they're saying, oh, God, come on now. No, no, you're not going to let this fool you, right? I mean, so they, yeah. they put on a show, and, and they put on the sackcloth and ashes. Mm-hmm. You think this is going to be any different? I mean, if you're an Israelite, too, right? You're like, we've been like praying and waiting for this judgment against these people for generations and generations and generations. And right. here, it's finally coming. Yes. And then they repent? It's like, you no, know, the one chance <laughs> right. we had— to finally have these people, like these these enemies, right? These 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 people who are mm-hmm. just killing us left and right. To finally have God deal with them, we, we lose that chance. I, I mean, we we have to. I I think if we we put ourselves in their shoes, we really can relate um, in, in that way. I, I think we all have gone through situations where, like, like, like there's 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 some kind of problem or or enemy, and, and we're just like. Oh, this is finally our chance to do something about it, and it slips through your fingers, right? I mean, like if you've ever felt that way, and I'm sure you have, like now you know what Jonah felt like,
1: right? Right, right. Especially if you have a little bit deeper understanding of who these people are that he's going to, you know, and then uh, then you can you surely get an understanding that's a little bit deeper, I think. Um, so,
0: well, in yeah, particular. In particular, like you were saying, um, you know, like get, getting a little bit deeper, like we see how profound it is. I mean, so the Assyrians are the ones who actually wipe out most of the tribes of Israel. I mean, like it actually gets mm-hmm. to the point where they come in right. and and they take out Samaria. I mean, they, they take out the northern capital. And so all your tribes that we're talking about, so like, you know, Naphtali, Issachar, um, you know, I mean really Ephraim, Manasseh, I mean just Zebulun, you know, everything that's up there, pretty much I mean like from from a from a from a Judean perspective anyway, it was like they just wiped it all out. And so now we're down to right. like it's, two tribes or something.
1: Yeah, they were a constant threat. A constant threat to Israel, that's for sure.
0: Uh we got a question on the phone here. Uh so call call from James. Good morning, James. Uh good always good to hear from your brother. Uh, what you got for us this morning?
2: Okay, well, I'd like to just specifically direct the questions. Those are the questions that I uh, emailed to you, but I like to hear.
0: Okay, I see those yeah comments.: Yeah, yeah.
2: Comment. yeah I like to hear the pastor's comments on a on a specific bunch. But what I yeah. wanted to ask you brother A.J, when I read yeah. Jonah, um, and I just wonder, uh, I know you read a lot of literature, do you think of Gulliver's Travels? <laughs> you, you know how the the they mm-hmm. hated each other's different doctrinal differences about the way they cracked eggs, and <laughs> that it was uh Gulliver's presence that uh that makes them relent and so and he he reluctantly brings peace and repentance to the lilliputians and I always think about Gulliver's travels when I read hmm. Jonah. Yeah. But the questions that I would uh, like to ask you guys is, yeah. uh, for, for our guest pastor, I'd like yeah. to ask, you know, what is our modern missionary parallel to Jonah? Uh, he witnessed to this exceedingly great city of Nineveh. Do we have uh, any parallels to that in that kind of missionary parallel today? And, um, uh, In our missions, do we have a self-righteous attitude about our missions because of our nationalism and our American exceptionalism? Can that kind of get in the way of our missions? And to you, Brother A.J., you know, I want to ask those questions about continents dropping. When we get Mm -hmm. angry, uh, does that place us in danger uh, of the sin that's always crouching at our door? And how does our susceptibility to that anger teach us humility like it did, Jonah, in the chapter? And I'll hang up and listen, and thank you yeah. guys so very much. Th-
0: thank you, brother. James, uh, fantastic questions, oh, uh, especially, yeah, really I, I like what you're getting questions. at about uh, about anger and, uh, well, the, and the self-righteousness, right? I mean, I think, absolutely, a, a lot of dangers there. But uh, yeah, Pastor Ding, if you want to speak to I, I think he was asking, uh, directing those towards you, the, the sure. first uh, couple about the uh, are, are there parallels to you know missionary activity to, to the great city of Nineveh today, sure. and then does our self righteousness or American exceptionalism become an obstacle for missionary activity in the way that it seems like perhaps um, nationalism and self righteousness uh, were getting in the way for Jonah.
1: Yeah, very excellent, very excellent questions. And, you know, I have to say that sometimes we as Missouri Lutheran pastors are limited to missions within our own church body. Uh, it's not true of all of us. Uh, a lot of us have been connected to other uh, missions and mission work and are tied into some of those things as well as far as uh, the Christian church at large. But uh, I can honestly say, you know, I uh, I have uh, personally uh, known a friend of mine who I met actually here, that um, was from Iran, and he uh, preaches out against Islam constantly, uh, the, the ideology of Islam, and uh, he has come to know Christ and, and, and Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Uh, he has a powerful mission uh, in Turkey, and he works together with uh, other Christians in Turkey in converting uh, refugees from Iran who are running away from that uh, the whole government and the regime there and, mm-hmm. and and all the intolerance that they have, and uh, he's on the front lines. I mean, he's right there and he's running parallel. And he's saying that uh, it's false and it's it's uh, it's against God's will and it's uh, completely uh, completely destroying. Uh, all that God wants us to be and do, and so I mean he's very outspoken. and He's not the only one. There's a, a number of the, the missionaries here in America that um, are doing the same thing in some of their communities, letting them know that uh, that you know about the truth of God and His words. So uh, I see them as Jonahs, uh, going and saying what needs to be said, and uh, especially um, making sure that that we here in the United States understand that as well. Also, I mean there's. Uh, it reminded me of this uh, mission effort called Haggai. i don 't know if you 're familiar with that, uh, hmm. but this is a training of lay people who are leaders within their communities around the world. These are strong christian lay leaders that are that are um, uh, taught in the bible uh, they're they 're actually trained in god 's word uh strengthened to be evangelist people the, to actually go and tell people of the good news of Jesus Christ and sometimes that that word is strong just like what Jonah is saying here. So we they they their job is to train people to bring the gospel into their workplaces, into their communities wherever they're at and uh it is a is a powerful mission going on right now. And then so and, and I don't think you have to go to a, a a foreign land. You know, I don't think you have to go to Nineveh. I think you, you've got plenty of Nineveh right where you're at, wherever you are in the world. There's plenty of evil yeah. that we got to, that we can confront. So I don't want to keep rambling, but I'm just saying yes. There's a lot of parallels to Jonah. There's a lot of Jonas in this world uh, that are confronting the evil, except except for the second half. <laughs> <You> know, maybe up <laughs> to chapter two, but the rest yeah. of it, you know, everybody's got to contend with that.
0: Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, brother. Uh, thank you. A lot of good thoughts there. Um, yeah, I think that there. Um, I I, I would I would agree that sometimes we we let our our vision get a little. Uh, well, really, I mean, very quite, too, short sighted, and 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 I think it's sort of like I don't know, like maybe we're just kind of like angry or upset, like if I don't know, there's not kind of like a like a like a flying LCMS blue cross like in every. You know single situation or outpost right or like on the front lines of every mission field right but i mean i I think that yeah we i mean that's not to say that we we gloss over um what are what are some uh, real and not just uh, imagined problems but um like like for instance I, i don't know like just just a like a like a kind of very simple example um, I, I have a very—or I try, anyway, to, to have a very open mind, for instance, when I run into Jehovah's Witnesses or, um, uh, well, you know, missionaries from the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? Um, you mm-hmm. know, because it, it, it's it's fascinating, because I, I, I tell people, you know, yeah, if you look at their doctrine, if you, like, you know, dive deep into, like, the books that they actually have as, you know, authoritative, you know, doctrine— um, it's, like, it's not even creedal Christianity, you know? I mean, it's—I mean, right. it, it, you're, like, right. you're looking at it, and you're, like, uh, that's polytheistic. Uh I mean, to, to say that, yeah. you know, Jesus and Lucifer are, like, you know, like, you know, just basically, like, full-fledged brothers, and, you know, if you kind of, like, achieve a certain amount of righteousness, like, you go on to create your own world as, you know, as a, as a creator, and it's, like, whoa, 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 hang on. but But the thing is, like— and I guess I know people who it's like, I don't know, that's like the first word out of their mouth when they, when they encounter like, like missionaries from those groups. But to me, I'm like, you know, I, I, at least, I don't know, at least in my experience, maybe I'm wrong. I, I feel like most people who belong to those, those bodies don't even know about that stuff. I, I honestly right. think most of them don't even know about that stuff. And, and what you mm-hmm. have going on, like in, in, in kind of like, you know, uh, walking, talking, uh, reality is, is there, is there kind of like just standard, like American evangelical Christians who are confused about what church they should be going to? (laughs) Um, you you know, and so, and so, so when I, when I, you know, encounter them, like, or, or when I talk to them, you know, like I, I try not to like, just kind of assume like a posture of hostility. And and instead I'm looking for like, you know, you know, can, can I see despite like the, you know, kind of confusion of, of the, you know, the, the the teachers in their church body and and the person right in front of me though, like a, like a real, you know, hunger and thirst for righteousness and desire to see Jesus. So, I mean, yeah, I I think that we got to, like you were saying, whether it's like abroad or at home, like, uh, not, not be so quick to just, just say like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not LCMS, so forget it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very messy thing, but you know, I do thank God for, um, for, for the fact that we are part of a church body that is so active in missions and like that we do have, um, uh, you know, fellowship with church bodies all over the world. We are, we are not just in the United States. Um, it, it's, a it's, a, it's, a it's a big blessing, but, uh, what, what do you, what do you make of, of the, uh, kind of like second part of, uh, what James was asking about, about like the the anger and the sin, I, I I've it's it's very fascinating because I I think that generally in our society today we have we've kind of enshrined anger as a virtue, um, particularly as I like to refer to it outrage, right? And it's sort of like that's the good, only yeah, way. To,
1: that's a very good, yeah, that's a very good point. I right? had not thought of it that.
0: Yeah. It's like it's like the person who's the most righteous is the person who's most outraged mm-hmm. by what's going on. Right. And so mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like its own form of penance. Right. It's like if you've made mistakes or you're wrong, like the way that you atone for your wrong is like, you know, it's like because you because you called someone by like, you know, like the wrong term or something. The way that you atone for your wrong is that you get on Twitter and you get outraged about someone else like doing that. Right. And if you like, you know, express enough outrage then you're kind of like welcomed back in maybe <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, maybe right. like if there actually is like any kind of forgiveness but yeah like we, we we so we so we court anger these days and and we we talk about you know getting the base angry and the left and the right do this in the united states right and mm-hmm. so all over the ideological spectrum we just talk about anger and use anger and like we want to we want everyone to be angry but i i james i totally agree with you um danger 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 anger is is not something you want to play with it is it is fire um like there there are in in very limited circumstances uh places where we should lean into our anger um like i i think honestly it's pretty much like life or death situations where you're fighting uh to defend your family or something like this right it's like, yeah, and if the, in those moments, you, you know, like, you you lean into your anger so that it gives you, like, the strength to actually, you know, overcome, like, tremendous amounts of pain, right, because you've been, like, you know, wounded, right, or uh, overcome, a, 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 like, a huge fear, right, because there's scary people with, like, you know, weapons, right? Well, you know, I, I think that that maybe is an instance where there, there is a, a good to be found in anger um, so that we can you know, uh, I, I guess kind of like, you know, overcome that and get over that hump and, and do what needs to be done in, in defense of uh, the ones we love, right? But I mean, it's like, outside of those situations, it's like, do not play with anger. Like, it. you slide so easily um, into just becoming the very thing that you're trying to defeat. Like, it, it just, it leads to no good. Uh, your, your thoughts, brother?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right on. I, I, I believe that, you know, there's also some... We all have we all have a level of, of uh, cultural um, bias and prejudice in us, uh, whether you whether you you agree with that or not. I mean, there is, and and you can see it, and you can see it in every in every character in the scripture as well. That that that's just part of our nature, you know, especially when um, it isn't it doesn't agree with with what we believe or think. I do like the I like what you're talking about when it comes to the anger, because that is definitely the uh, forte of what's going on here in uh, in that last chapter that we just read here moments ago about Jonah. Um, So it's and and it's interesting to see uh, how Jonah is not dealing (laughs) with that anger, um, but uh, just continues to stew in it. And, and we see this all the time in our own lives. Um, you know, at what point do we turn things over to God, too, you know, and let let His Word uh, reign supreme in whatever situation that we're in? Uh, all you can do is just share God's Word with people. And I think that was the evangelistic uh, aspect of his question. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter what culture they are, or whatever, just share it as, as Christ shares it with us. So
0: well and and you yeah and and uh you know james mentioned um gulliver's travels which is you know fantastic and uh there's, there's actually lots of literature like another big one that comes to mind is the poisonwood bible where there's like just lots of these examples of how yeah there there, there is this pride and it's like hang on a second what are we exporting right are we exporting christianity or is it kind of like you know uh, 20th 21st century like kind of western ideals which are uh, maybe not so compatible with the Christianity that we're trying to espouse at the same time. Uh, yeah, so, it's, I mean, great great points all around. I, I wanted to look at, um, you know, talking about this righteous anger, looking at chapter 4. So, you know, so we're saying, like, so Jonah has reasons to say, hey, look, Nineveh needs to get punished, right? Like, if they don't get right. punished, like, when are they, when are they, right? Um, but I, I think there's something that's really fascinating about what, what happens, right? Um, because, because I'm not sure if it's necessarily, I think one way you can read it in chapter four, because you get that question at the end, right? Uh, that that God says like, Hey, look, so you pity this plant, right? Uh, why, why shouldn't I pity Nineveh? Right. But we, we, let's go a little bit deeper. God's not like accusing Jonah of loving plants more than people, (laughs) right? He's not like a a crazy uh botanist or something like that right or like i mean i i don't i don't know or like kind of the the plant equivalent of pita or something right like that's that's not <laughs> what's going on so, so like why does he why is he angry about the plant then why does he value the plant so much and and just 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 look at it here right like so we have this righteous anger and we say oh no it's not revenge it's that objectively they deserve this. This is a miscarriage of justice. It's not about anger. It's not about revenge. It's about justice. That's what we say, right? That's what we say. And so, so it says that he was angry. But then, you know, so so what happens? Like, but just 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 look at it, right? There's there's this really interesting comment, and it's in verse in verse six. It says, "The Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might sh- be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort." So jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant and and that's really interesting the way it says that i mean he was you know exceedingly glad i mean like uh what what it actually says there is that like he uh well i mean i mean it's the word for uh rejoicing like celebrating right Mm um you know so it's like he he becomes uh, you know elated it's like oh Think I mean just just think about you know when you're like just sweating it's like 110 degrees outside you haven't had anything to drink for like hours right and just how much joy right like air conditioning brings you <laughs> with like a like right, like ice right. water or something so I mean like th- this elates him right and then it's like he gets pushed back out into the to the sun like you know God takes his hat off and takes the water away and he's angry right. And and this is the mm-hmm. thing that exposes it, right? Hang on a second. Is he angry, like, because of righteous anger? Or is it just because I liked the plant, the plant was nice to me, but the Assyrians were not nice to me, right? I mean, it exposes the hypocrisy. It's not righteous anger, actually, in the end, even though there are reasons that you could use to justify it. That's not at the heart. That's not at the heart. It's In the end of the day, it's all about, what did they do for me? And that's what the plant shows. The plant exposes the hypocrisy.
1: Yes, it does. That's a good, very excellent point. Excellent point. And we, yeah, we we see we see the connection here too between what God is doing for Nineveh and what God is doing for Jonah. And He's trying to get Jonah to see that connection. Um, you know, uh, who is it that chooses to save? You know, God saved the people of Nineveh um his, as he shades his head to save him from discomfort you know there's a there's a little bit of a of a connection there that you can see and uh you know if Jonah was exceedingly glad for that little uh, taste of salvation from heat, you know should you not be even more elated with the salvation of a people that were really you know um, on on the road to hell basically you know so i and I see you know there is some connection between those two as well when things are going good and things are going bad isn't God still God and uh, you know who are who are we to be angry Uh, should we not be thankful and glad uh, in all of what God does for us and that he still stays with us even to the very end
0: so yeah yeah and then he does send a plant to to grow and to shade us right Um, in the the shoot that comes from the, the stump of of Jesse right and uh if we're angry, oh, i oh, those, not those people. Not enough
1: time in the hour. Not enough time in the not hour. Not enough
0: time in the <laughs> hour. Not enough time in the hour. Brother, thank you so much. I've loved our conversations. God bless you guys.
2: You've been listening to
1: Everybody,
0: Pastor Curtis Earding, Zion, Fort Myers, Florida. All right, going to be going on to another book of the Bible next week. We're looking at a psalm tomorrow. Till then, everybody, I'm Pastor H. S. Espinosa.
1: Peace. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening
2: and supporting Thy Strong Word.